Hey, welcome to the cast. This is Sam here, and you're listening to my conversation with Pastor Mike about real stuff that affects real people just like yourself. If you like our conversation, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast service you use, and be reminded that the views and opinions expressed on this program are those of myself and Pastor Mike, and may not necessarily reflect the views of our church. Enjoy! Well, Mike, it's been a couple of weeks since your voice was actually on the podcast. It has been. It how has been. Um, how has the last couple of weeks been for you? It's a great question, Sam. You preached Sunday. Yep, and that was a highlight. Oh, you did a great job. Appreciate if it. If anyone man. has not listened to it yet, go online. It's online. You can do that. Be blessed by the um, presbyter, Sam. Presbyter. What is the definition of presbyter? I actually don't know. Okay. Um, not language I normally use. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it just means elder, which okay, then, well, depending on your know. denomination, yeah. means different things. And blah, I'm, a, blah, blah. I'm too young to be an elder. Same thing I with think. bishop. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it was good. We were in San Diego, some of you know. Uh, I got to spend a couple of days down there, uh, which has been it's good. Made some cool uh, connections, heard some good speakers. Um, obviously, like it's a conference, so like it's going to be good communicators coming to it. Yep. Um, so that was fun. That was good. I got to eat some good uh, tacos. Oh, yeah. How was the food overall? I've been on a taco kick lately, and this was excellent for that. Uh, good. We ate tacos. How many times did I eat tacos? I think at least three times I had tacos. We had ramen twice. Oh, yeah. The same ramen, too. It was really good. It was that good. Um, you went back. Eh? We did. I don't, I, I've heard of the broth um that it's called but i can't remember how to pronounce it right now but it, like it was so good it was so good um but yeah we had tacos a lot and uh how do we just dis- well the first was on tuesday night mm-hmm. we tuesday, well like we did have ch- chipotle but that's not real mexican food obviously well i guess you could argue it is but it's industrialized we'll say anyways then we were walking down there's an actual like um mexican restaurant Mm-hmm. Uh, called Serrano's. It was like fully authentic. It was. It was so good. And uh, well, like I would still say it's it, like it was. It's not. I don't think it's a chain, but it wasn't like a street cart kind of street food Mexican, uh, which I really wanted. But it was really good, and it was one dollar fish tacos on Tuesday. Whoa! So my word. Yeah, that was nice. I went there. I had a. Uh, I had how many did I have? I had five fish tacos, and then a. Uh, um, pastor, El Pastor Taco. Nice. Which is great. And then we went back, I think it was Thursday night after the conference was done that night. Just Or was it? Yeah. Was it, no. Which day was it? Wednesday. We went, we, we went back Wednesday after the conference was done. Uh, ladies were hungry, so they went and got some of that. Um, and then on Friday, this was just pure favor of god obviously Mm -hmm. um right in front of our hotel there was like this little like courtyard yeah and it got set up with like street food 
Like, oh no like, way! It like was like pop up a... shops. Yeah, just and like it had big... everything. Like we we only try. I only tried the tacos, but it had like it had curries, it had Thai food, it had um, dumplings, it had so much stuff. But it had tacos. Our first day doing tacos, or at least like there, and it was ten five tacos for ten bucks. Wow, man! And it was like like the tacos you see in like the netflix documentaries like there's a new one out right now yeah. i haven't finished all the, the street food one yeah well no there's one about tacos it's in oh, really? it's in spanish okay it just explores different tacos in mexico and so it got me on this taco kick yeah and it was like legit what i saw in the documentary was what they're serving and it was so good i will admit it was way more like greasy than i anticipated but hey it's basically vacation right it was it was so good so i had tacos three at least three times i remember at least and then i had burritos a couple times and then the ramen we went there twice went to monday night and i think it was probably thursday for dinner um just because the broth was so good and um yeah those are the two highlights definitely on food wise nice were, were, were the tacos and then and then there was i i tried um some 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 euro down there yeah and it was it was good it was good. It was, uh, I would say, comparable to Canadian. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything necessarily special, but it was good. And then what else did we have? I think some of the days we just got small things because it was bit, like in between sessions and stuff. But anyways, those stood out to me. Those were the really... I mean, we did have this one, like, I won't say the name of it in case it's like a franchise that expands out. But it's like, it was like health food. And it's supposed to be like smoothies and stuff okay, and bowls. Yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. The smoothie tasted garbage. Uh... So I spent some American I mean, money on a horrible good, thing. It probably but Emily found like some fresh squeezed juices. So she was appreciative of that. Uh, but yeah, so those are the food highlights. So you were, a, you were a total glutton on your I, vacation. I, I know. <laughs> I was still pretty like good with my uh, restriction. But I definitely ate a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I can't blame you. Um, I mean, food is, uh, food is a good thing. <laughs> It I, I trust that you it didn't is. like i trust you weren't just sitting there the whole week gorging yourself on food so i'm sure no definitely fine. not we oh breakfast place that was the other one we found this place called breakfast republic in san diego on g street it was good g street good breakfast All just right. if you're ever in san diego yeah maybe, it, it was, maybe i'll go just was, for this just for this breakfast and place. it had vegan options if you're into that um which were decent i tried one well, like i tried chelsea's she got it mm. i didn't um it's pretty good Anyways, that was another one. And they had, like, so many good dishes. Like, Brayden, he came with us, and he got, like, this Oreo pancake thing. And then I think Ivan got, like, a crab cake. Um, mm, I used to love crab eggs cakes. Eggs Benedict's kind of thing. Like, it was, wow. it was it was pretty nuts. So that was pretty good, too. But that was just breakfast, so I just got a regular breakfast. But Well, um, your son is going to be on the podcast a little bit tonight. Yeah, if you can hear him, he is... Um, not having a night we'll say that but it's called doing life guys yeah. kids cry that's all right um i mean so i think that gives us a good opportunity tonight to talk about something that i actually wanted to talk about if i'll just pull up the bible verse here sure so this is a verse that i think uh christians read it as a like promise like god's one of god's guarantees to you that if you do this this will happen to you, okay. guaranteed. It's okay. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child Classic. in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So I've heard this applied a lot by, like, even my own parents. Like, well, we raised you kids up 
to know the Lord and to be Christians. So I'm just trusting that what God says is true. And, you know, but I mean, in my experience, there's a lot of kids who grew up in Christian homes that do stray from the path. So is that really what that proverb is saying? It's a great question. And my first thought is nope. My second thought. Oh, you want more? Okay. Uh, no, it really gets down to more question on how do we understand wisdom literature in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, especially with Proverbs and Ecclesiastes um, in kind of a two-part series. Yeah. Uh, because Proverbs is typically seen, at least I think it should be seen, so sort of like my theology around Proverbs, as what would be called kind of like um, pithy truths general principles Mm -hmm. boiled down to like easy statements that under the narrative of the fear of the lord how to live right in god's world generally speaking certain certain patterns are in the world yeah um and then ecclesiastes is the exploration of when that breaks down okay right it's not working right right the the rich you know, or corrupt. The the guy saved his whole life and his son squandered it away, right? A bad right. kid. Yeah. You know, what's why is it not working? And in points it talks about there's death and there's oppression and like, God, if we're trying to live wisely and you're in charge, like, fear the Lord, he even says at one point, like, it doesn't seem to be working, basically. Mm. And so that's kind of the, the dynamic. And now what I think modern Christians have gotten wrong, um, and, I, and I would be part of that until I, honestly just did some study and found out more about it is the dynamic of what are kind of two arcs within proverbs um which are basically uh character consequence right or work consequence and so the work consequence is typically how we've heard you know proverbs get um preached and applied and i would say then you fall into promises. Proverbs are not promises. They're, yeah. they're captures of, of wisdom, but the world is broken, right? Mm. Not everything works underneath the sun. Yeah. Um, and so when you when when you begin to think in, in work's consequence, then yes, you would read that, train up a child, and they won't depart. Well, the, the work is training up a child. The promise, the consequence of that is they won't depart, right? But the character consequence ultimately means this. If you do the things that produce good character and wisdom in you, in the end, generally speaking, this is probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Gen- generally speaking, mm-hmm. right? Good parents yeah. will, um, in a holy manner, mm. indoctrinate their children in truth. Yes. Right? Because, by the way, every parent indoctrinates their children in some yeah. way or the other. Let's not pretend that children are just... Right. You know, anyways. So the point of that is that you should do this thing. Well... Like you'd say that's the takeaway from that rather than Well, the thing is like we should be good parents, but the issue is I haven't got to the verse yet. Right. I'm just trying to get the framework here. The Mm -hmm. framework is not promises. Yeah. Proverbs should never be read as promises ultimately. Now, I'm sure I think there are a few promises in the the Proverbs that you have to be able to discern, Uh, but they're they're wisdom. So it's it's about knowing what is right in a certain circumstance and knowing how to become the person who is called righteous in the Proverbs, right? Because there's the righteous person, the fool. Right, and, and and the fool is a fool because of the character, yeah. because he is slothful, because he is lazy, because he doesn't take account, because he's greedy, because he is selfish. Yeah. Right, those are character issues that birth consequences. And so the the framework I think that is best for reading the proverbs are the character consequence. If you 
do the way of the kingdom yeah right in in your nature we talk about this how we want to become people who don't just act like jesus but react like jesus then generally speaking you'll probably have a better life Mm -hmm. that's kind of what the proverbs are saying right if hey if you're someone who learns how to be faithful and monogamous you will avoid the adulterer and not have a bad marriage. Like that's kind of the whole yeah. story of the first couple of chapters. Like right. avoid this woman. Yeah. Right. Where or where it says Proverbs or wisdom calls out. Be somebody who responds to wisdom's call. Mm-hmm. Or you know if um, a rebuke of a friend is better than the kiss of an enemy. Right. Someone who can receive correction. Yes. Will ultimately do better. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's a there's an interesting uh, proverb sequence where it says you know basically you know correct a fool. Um, and he will grow. And the next one was, don't correct a fool um, because he won't listen or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the point being, know when to speak, know when to address this person and, and like say this is wrong, yeah. no one not. So what it is, so what that is, is not some guarantee that if you talk to a fool, they'll listen or not. No, the point was, you need to have wisdom, be a person of wisdom who learns and discerns what are what, what is an appropriate response to this current situation. Um, and that's supposed to guide you ultimately. Right. And then we believe as Christians, New Testament, we get the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of wisdom, and God's willing to give it. We have all that in us as well, which I think sometimes we placate a little bit and make it less than this. I'm thinking of this a lot lately, about the nature of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I know that sounds so charismatic, but actually, right? Like we have wisdom from God mm-hmm. available to us. Um, and, and if you read through the, some of the early church fathers, you begin seeing how they really legitimately believe that there's this like indwelling presence of God, power for life, wisdom for decision-making that we're supposed to have, Yes, that, that you can essentially be a believer and kind of intellectually believe in Jesus, but kind of be void of that spirit. Um, it's this weird thing I've been reading through. And so, and I just, even for us as Christians, like we have God. And Paul says, be filled with him. So we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I think that he gives us, right, is wisdom. So character consequence framework. So then what it act, so when for, so when we come to this verse, right, um, training up the child in the way he should go, um, there are actually some different interpretations of this specifically because I think on the on the general reading, people will say, well, you know, just train them in the truth mm-hmm. and they won't depart from that. Yes. Well, again, you've even just said it. Generally speaking, 50-50. right like so many people who were raised in the church and raised in truth Mm -hmm. who maybe heard the truth yep received the truth yep um but have departed from the truth um so there's other interpretations where it's basically basically the word for train here is more about like gardening and like how a tree grows you want to kind of naturally allow it to go in its space so it's Mm -hmm. more about seeing the giftings and the talons and the personality of a child and rearing that, mm-hmm. trying to correct the the shadow sides of every personality, um, and and point them in the direction of the gifting, not yeah. um, what you desire out of them right. as the parent. So it's actually about being a selfless parent, saying, "Here's this child that God has given me to steward, mm-hmm. to train up, right? yeah. to to discipline and and, and disciple, and it, I should not try to create them in my image, mm-hmm. but as they're bending." Um, and, and not a deviant way, but just yeah. bend towards the creative, bend towards the mathematical, whatever. Right. Encourage those strengths, encourage those giftings. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can hear my child right now, he'll definitely be a preacher one day. Oh my goodness. Um, that doesn't take away the fact that we do need to train in truth. Yes. Right, the things. It's just, I think 
when we apply that proverb as a just this pithy promise as Christians kind of just throw out there, just train up a child. Yep. You're setting up for bad expectation. You, 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 you'd be a better parent mm-hmm. than just being able to speak truth, mm-hmm. right? Because um, like weaponized truth doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? And we talked about this um, in church a couple weeks ago. We talked about um, the, 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 the legalist and license guy, yes. right? Yeah. And, you know, having that legalist kind of truth is what matters, order, morality, conformity are all in of themselves fine, Mm -hmm. but without love and justice and mercy, right? Like it doesn't actually work. It becomes a very cold weapon Mm -hmm. in 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 that person's hand. And the opposite is true, right? Like some of the parenting stuff that goes on today is just nuts. That like there's no boundary and there's no, like a child isn't, a child doesn't know anything. Like it's not, it should not be offensive to say that kids don't know anything. They're they're supposed to be in a season of growth. Well, they do need to discover like where the, like, the danger is in their life and how to avoid well, that. Like, yeah, we, it's our job to parent them. Yeah. Right? Like there comes a point where, yes, they take responsibility for themselves. But even as I'm almost 30, I'm still learning. Yeah. Right? So like, why would I assume a kid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like who is 10 times younger than me thinks on my level? They don't. Yeah. Right? And so it is my job to train them well, to show the boundaries, to give truth, to speak with grace, mercy, and love and justice and 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 say no to my children say no that's not right to engage in real conversation to see phases as phases and exploration as exploration imagination is imagination not reality and like mm-hmm. not be freaked out by all that stuff yeah uh but ultimately i don't think uh, christians should hold on to this proverb as like the promise right i think they should learn how to entrust their kids to god and in response, steward the souls really well, mm-hmm. as best we can. Like, I, like I. This is the thing is I've, like, there there is a verse in scripture, and I think it's in Timothy, where it talks about how the elders of the church, right? Like, if they can't even manage their own home and their kids are unbelievers, then like, what does that say about leadership? Mm-hmm. And I think people often misinterpret that as well, saying like, if your kid ever left the faith, you're no longer qualified. And I think we have to recognize that there comes a point where as a father i can break for my children but i cannot like force my children in any direction i'm gonna do all that i can while i have yeah manage my home well as much as i can yeah so training up a child in the way they should go there in the end they will not depart from it is i don't think should ever be used as a promise because then all that does um ultimately in the church um is create a great a very christianese mommy blogger attitude right i know you're not a mommy mm-hmm. or a parent but there's this whole like mommy blog culture right where yeah. like my momming is the best mommy yes. if you don't mom yeah. like me yeah right and, and there, there there's a commercial maybe a year or two ago but like all these moms come into the park they all couldn't play together because they all did it differently they all had to go away it's just kind of hilarious oh, it was, i should watch that it was so true about how like internet momming happens yeah um but that happens in the church because what happens if well, my kids never left, so yeah. you must have not trained them well enough. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it actually can create this works-based consequence. Hey, I did the good work. I'm a better person. I'm a better parent. Yeah, right. One size fits all sort of kind of thing. And the thing yeah. is, I would generally say that every parent who's a decent human being, mm-hmm. right, wants what's good for their kids and is trying to try the best to do that. 
Are parents broken? Yes. Am I broken? 100%. Mm-hmm. Am I a decent human being? Getting there, right? Mm-hmm. And But the thing is, I want that good stuff. And so, like, I think we have to just be aware of that. Like, yeah. you know, we don't want to judge people for their kids' dumb decisions because kids are dumb. Yeah. I don't mean I lovingly. Like, I was dumb when I was 15. Oh, like, for I, sure. Like, like, things that... Anyone who's been a kid knows how dumb knows kids it, can right? be. Like, yep. and, and how beautiful they are, right? Yes. Like, who, who else loves you unconditionally? I was, yeah. just, I was just listening to an interview today and the guy was talking about parenting, the value of kids and um, in a culture that really doesn't value kids anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, very much doesn't. Um, and saying how like, he was actually almost crying on stage at this like big conference, thinking about his kids. He's like, yeah, like it's in long-term investment, kind of making jokes. I was like, 20 years from now, you'll get the payoff. But then he's mm-hmm. like, but what other kid would just love you? Or what, what other person would just love you as a kid does? There's so yeah. much joy and if you walk in the room, like it's true like the like the kids are so important and, and so valuable to us that we should want kids and want to raise kids but you know I have, no, parents are broken right and and kids pick up bad habits and i think we just got to be record recognizing that you know the best parents you know, sometimes screw up their kids yeah right and then the kid has to own that right yeah. it's, it's it's not an excuse for their life it's a reason for it and i've had to like do that we talked about this right in the, one of the yeah. podcasts just like some of the wounds that we've carried it's like you know those are reasons not a, not excuses for me that's right right yeah. and we believe jesus is better and he can grow so i just we can't hold that as a we can't hold the proverb as a promise right all we can do is say god i'm gonna be the best steward i can be yeah pray that like I pray basically every time I pray for my kids, almost every night when, 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 when I'm with them, that essentially they would just grow up to love and know and serve Jesus and I'll do what I can do for that. Yeah. And like, that's my hope. Yeah. That's my prayer. I'm going to pray to God for that. But like, I'm not holding on to some like, well, God, you said if I, no, like I do believe it's not like at the end of the day, and this is going to sound kind of maybe controversial, but generally speaking, it's not actually that hard to set up an environment yeah where kids can get healthy right like don't divorce mm-hmm. work hard provide them with some food right like yeah in fact I, I would argue that probably one of the biggest destroyers of kids is the marital status of the, of the parents because mm-hmm. even a married but enemies house is not yeah. healthy it's psychologically damaging like yeah we, we know yeah. this we have studies on this now, now. yeah and, and fathers like we've we've discovered like secular psychologists recognizing that like a father is, has the most um statistically variable impact like right. not, not the most significant obviously mm-hmm. but what, what i mean is the varying goes so far from one extreme to the other where yeah. a mother is much more stable mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so like we see this and so it's like just love your spouse create a home like in fact i was listening to a podcast today and apparently there was a guy, a big economic um, thinker, and he, he got like all these um, economists together yeah. from different sides of the political spectrum, mm-hmm. tried to figure out the best like 10 world issues mm. and what was the best return on investment in investing foreign policy aid and things into that. Number one, apparently, according to this guy, was early nutrition for kids. Huh. Wow. Because if you can educate a kid... Right, then they tend to do better and create better society and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Now, education on everything. I'm not an education idolater for all you people out there who are going to get on me for that. But like the simple connection of like just, you know, providing food for our kids and for those families that can't, Christians kind of have a responsibility to do that. Yeah. And so I'm not trying, I'm not saying like, 
it's not that hard. You get a job. No, yeah. I'm not. Trying, I'm saying the conditions for healthy kids, right? Well, like it's it's clear what those conditions. It's clear. Are. It's clear what they are. Yeah. So, like, if I can't feed my kid the best meal, well, help me love my wife the best I can, yeah. or, or whatever, right? And so, like, I don't know. I just think about that, and this may have got way more controversial than I meant it to be, but um, it's okay. The but views and opinions expressed here are not right, those of the church. It's just it's just, just my us. my my thoughts coming out here. But but that's the thing. It's like being a parent is hard. Mm-hmm. I some days don't like the thoughts that cross my mind, mm-hmm. but like the weight of responsibility on you, right? You need to, you need to feel that. Yeah. I think oftentimes I think especially young parents don't feel that enough. We make yeah. decisions that are so still selfish. Yeah. Um, if I want one author or a podcaster I listen to, said like he goes parents in their 20s are still basically kids too <laughs> yeah no, it's true it's and, true and it's part of like why i'm i mean i know you had you had a kid by the time i was 24 and a half five yeah Just so you're 25 you were like my age yep. when you had your first kid right was. that's crazy like, i i don't i right now don't feel ready well you'll never be ready number one true. number two you don't have a wife so you're definitely not ready that's right um and no I, but he actually said it in a positive kind of because he's mm-hmm. like it means that we tend to be um blissfully neglectful of our kids a little okay. more yeah which means they learn how to be more independent faster so you're oh. saying like it's it's both good and bad right because yeah. when you're in your 30s you're a little more like mature and but you tend to also like coddle your kids more be more coddling right right because as when you're younger you're just like whatever just figure it out yeah and and so because it's good and bad but but the thing is it's true like parenting as a 29 year old two kids both have three like it, i sort of make it tongue-in-cheek but like it's so like self-revealing about how selfish we are yeah and like i got two like i got a four-year-old i have a four-year-old girl who statistically and experientially is so affected by my words by my tone and like i don't carry that weight nearly enough mm-hmm. right and and so the principle right even within that proverb of like training your child in the way they should go right if you want to take it more of the moral training side is still so like heavy like it's like there is a way that my daughter should grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, both individually, both as part of a community, right? And am I actually doing what is best for her growth or what is easiest for my moment? Yeah. That's always a tension of a parent I find, right? And and so to me, it's just like we can't hold that promise, but we need to let it we need to let the weight of it hit us as Yeah, parents. I agree. I, I do like the gardening imagery mm-hmm. that you kind of brought up. My dad always would sort of apply this proverb when he would uh, have me help him in the garden with the tomato plants because when you grow a tomato plant what happens with the tomato plant and maybe some other plants do this too but there will be like a fork in the tomato plant Mm -hmm. that'll kind of come out at a certain point and um, after a little while in between that fork another little shoot will kind of come up and for the ideal tomato plant you actually pull that little that little third kind of shoot that comes up before it can get too big. Because if you pull it later on, it's kind of too late to, to remove it because it's already grown and you're actually going to risk damaging the plant at that point. But when it's really small, you can pick it out and it allows the plant to put more energy into the fruit yep. rather than growing this kind of sort of useless third, mm-hmm. third uh, shoot. And then that's kind of the illustration he always used that you want to prune those bad things 
early so that the fruit produced can be oh and i think that's so true like and this is gonna sound kind of morbid Mm. so just go with me on this one Mm. but there's a reason why hitler started hitler youth yeah yeah because if you can train up a kid young enough to believe certain things yeah right like they will become hard to shake crazy adults yeah right like it's also like even that like even that scares me as a parent i'm like what am i forming in my kid that is going to not help them because it's got to be something right and and so like 100 percent, like like there's such a huge responsibility even as christians like i'm pretty sure there's a stat i don't know like how accurate it is but like it's basically if you can get a kid to get a kid that's so bad sorry about saying that language everyone if you can influence a kid towards Jesus before they're 12, mm-hmm. they're most likely to stay a Christian for the rest of their life, something like that. Wow. Um, but if you can't do it before 20, the chance of them becoming Christian is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, which, obviously, Jesus is better than statistics, so whatever. Yeah. Paul was older than 20, and he got saved. So, That's right. Um, but just that, 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 that space of young pruning, and, and I think we, like, we obviously don't have a very good cultural conversation on discipline mm-hmm. and, what, and what the role of the parent is in the child and who's in charge of the home because it's not the kid by the way it's like god's entrusted them to me mm-hmm. not me to them and i have to make decisions on behalf of my children mm-hmm. um that will affect their life forever mm-hmm. and i need to weigh that like i yeah. need to hold that that this is not just you know it's not just about identifying personhood in them it's recognizing that that personhood um, and all its individuality is still undeveloped and it needs to grow. Mm-hmm. And like the weight of parenting is one of the best epic adventures to be called to. And I think our culture has, if I'm going to be honest, run from the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it has chosen indulgence yep. in many ways well i mean you it's harder to go on vacation when you have kids it's harder to change jobs and career paths and go back to school when, mm-hmm. when you have kids it and can be done but it's harder it is and and there's also like you know there's people will say it's better for the environment to not have kids now and there's all these excuses why you should not have kids anymore although i'm pretty sure that has also been like kind of debunked yeah well people talk about it people say it is but and it's just you know recognizing that like as cheesy as it is, kids are the future, right? They are also the present, by the way. You're not raising a future human. They're mm-hmm. a human right now. Yeah. But like recognizing the, the value of that. So like I know this probably wasn't the direction you wanted to go, but like just the call towards parenting again, like just be good parents. Show our kids what to do. You know, tell them when it's wrong in a gracious way. Mm-hmm. Like disciplinary action for the sake of discipline is not right it's for the sake of growth yeah right? and i'm having to learn that because yeah. i'm much more of a workspace person <laughs> right and it's kind of like what's the outcome you want to produce through the discipline is it just good behaved children or is it you know like that flourishing adults and that right? is the hardest question right i remember i remember having to say that in one of my sermons and it's something along that that, that, that line and just the conviction of like how do i parent because like a lot of times when you're tired it's just like just shut up and listen right when the goal is yeah 100% like even the other day so Liv um, she uh, she's gotten the language of good and bad a lot now like I'm good you're bad and like obviously that's valuable in one 
aspect. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's good things, there's bad things. And we would argue that, you know, by nature, we're sinful. So we are bad people who need redemption, rescuing, and to become good. But we do good things. They made may, may the image of God. So it's a very confusing concept mm-hmm. towards people, obviously, right? I know a lot of psychologists, especially, would say that, like, identifying as bad is a shameful thing. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, it is. But that's what sin does. It brings shame into our life. But that's another theological. Uh, but anyways, and so I've been trying to, to, to purposely not call her a good girl anymore. Because I think it's it's got something in her right right it might stir up pride in a way you don't well you pride and just like i know i function so much off of that merit right yeah. i want to earn this thing mm-hmm. right and so i'm trying to figure out other ways of doing it like where she's like um she wanted to help so she's like uh, i don't remember exactly how she said it but like i'm just gonna be i'm a good helper and I'm like, yes, helping is good. We're so glad you're doing that kind of a thing. And trying to take it away from her right. identity. So it's the action right? that she's doing and that's that, good. Yeah. And trying yeah. To, because I, cause I obviously I want her to feel like she is a good helper. Yeah. But I'm, just, I'm trying to work that out right now, right? That that kind of like, even the language I use for for, for my children, right? And because and, it is, like you said, so much easier just to be like for the moment, just listen to me, please. Instead of like thinking, how is this forming them? Mm-hmm. Which even sometimes I'm like, do they even understand? And that's when you have to remember, and I don't remember this nearly enough, my wife, my wife and Ivan, they're always so good for me on this because they are much more patient parents than myself. Mm. Um, in fact, I think I'm probably a much better dad today because God brought both my wife and Ivan into my life. But never asked a little bit, Ivan, because when your wife says it, sometimes it's, it's just like, yeah, okay. babe. It's one opinion, right? And then the other guy yeah. says, like, come on, guys, don't team up on me. But anyways, but just, like, trying to just recognize that it's the every little input, right? Like, it's not one major decision that's going to break or make mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah, it's, it's the combination. Yeah, it's it a all. slow seeding and just yeah, allowing it to come to fruition, pruning the little things right now while they're small and encouraging the good things so the fruit can grow and recognizing that, like, as nuts as it is, every interaction is sowing something. Yeah. Um, and even with people, right? Even with people, like just taking out that, taking ownership of every word is, is, we were talking before we went on about like the precision of language. And yeah. part of that is love. It's owning everything I'm about to say. So it's the best for you. I've really tried to have that perspective more in just like general relationships and friendships mm-hmm. nowadays. It's helped me like, sometimes you feel like, you know, oh, like, hanging out with this person for like this amount of time you know i could be doing more productive things but like relationships are just those collections of little moments you have together and little time spent that can seem so insignificant but really does increase your familiarity with them and you know even the frequency with which you see someone or Mm -hmm. yeah just like you never know what conversation is going to come up so i yeah i've been trying to realize every interaction with every person is precious because you never know when the last one's going to be either. Well, yeah, and especially with, especially with kids, because it's like, essentially, like friendship will be friendship for the duration of that relationship, right? Mm. You'll grow a little deeper, hopefully, over time, right? A little more intimate. But child-parent is not that forever, right? And. Because even when a child gets older, like the dynamic shifts, right? If you're yeah. always child parent, it's always it's kind of kind of going to be weird. But yeah. but just recognizing that, like in this season, 
this relationship of child parent is so so important yeah you can't really ever go back you can't once, right? once it's gone and 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 recognize that it's so valuable i feel like that's my tension my tension always is placing a value mm-hmm. right because i'm and actually this is one place that ivan has corrected me um, and rightfully so where i would say i either can be a parent or be productive hmm. and he's like no you can be productive in two different ways or i can i can be productive father mm. or a productive pastor yeah not always both and so which one wins yeah and there's times when the pastor needs to win because i have responsibilities and i have to steward the church well and i'm called by god but there's times where the father must win and i need and i need to, and I need to value that with joy mm-hmm as much as sometimes the church because sometimes it feels like the kids can get in the way of work right, right. versus yeah. the work getting in the way of my parenting i should like kind of i almost and it's an idealized romanticized version of it like i almost wish i um like longed more to come home from work to be with my kids yeah right and and right now it's a tough season like if anyone tells you like that that kind of taller phase where you heard my son like it's not nice mm-hmm. right but just recognizing though that's so much more important at the end of time um because that that is my higher calling and i've I've had to wrestle with that just because it's so much easier to go to what's easy validation go write the good sermon go have the coffee go have the whatever yeah go do the thing that pays the bills quotation marks when really all that is a derivative of my higher calling to be a good dad Mm -hmm. right and part of being a good dad is to provide and do what i need to do uh, but I ha- I've had to correct my language around that, that like I'm being productive as a father and that's being productive in the successful person. Yeah. Like we were, I was at a wedding the other day. Um, Anthony Ruby, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Congrats guys. Anthony was legitimately the most like happy groom I've ever seen. That's amazing. Like legitimately, um, <laughs> smiled more than anyone I've ever Aww. seen in the wedding. And I've been to a lot of weddings. <laughs> like my wife and I used to shoot them and photography, not... <laughs> He was beaming at church, and, and so he I was, can only imagine. He he was smiling. Anyways, and we talked about how in my little like wedding charge, yeah, um, sermonette, that like when you get married, success gets redefined. Right, right. That it's not about your individual achievement any longer. It's about you flourishing the other person. But then when parenting comes into that, when kids show up, it changes again. Right. That now it's it's not like the marriage thing shifts. It just adds this dimension of oh, and success is your kids flourishing. Mm-hmm. And and that has to define it. And then after that, it becomes your vocation, right? Where, where before it's just your marriage and your vocation. So it adds this like little pop in between. And what happens is a lot of times, especially pastors, right, is we will put vocation and calling, we'll call it calling, which it is part of our calling, but we'll put it as like the mission of Jesus in the church higher than the mission of Jesus in my kids. Yeah. Right? And or, or spouse, right? And I think that's just a tension we need to live in that that kids, you're not going to get that season back. So that's where I started with this, right? The kids, you won't, you won't get that season back. And um, recognizing that I should long for those intimate moments, those little cuddles, those mm-hmm. things that feel unproductive in my work-driven mind. And by work, I don't mean like career, I just mean getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. Right, because a mom can do that too with the dishes. Right, she's got to get the dishes done when she's, you know, the girl's pulling on her dress or something like that. Right, um, but recognizing that, yeah, like this is a short season. 
because that's not like this is gonna sound like i'm like i'm 45 50 65 mm-hmm. years old but like time is so fast oh uh, yeah right like i'm with you it like like the fact that live is four is just nuts to me mm-hmm. right um and i feel like there's so much i've missed instilling in her at four years old already yeah which is probably not true i don't know like i'm probably a high judge of myself but like she's only, she is only four so how much can she really capture but it's like like what could what more could i have done and then i put that up against but i'm lazy and selfish and blah 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 right so just recognizing like yeah i need to value as parents we need to value these years and these training years right like up until that kid is fully matured which in our day and age might be 35 <laughs> um but no like when when, when they go out like i want to i feel like sometimes in christian culture and even just in general culture there's almost like this fear of them turning 18 yeah where it's like i hope i did enough right like i want to so be this deadline yeah like i want to be excited like yeah. I'm, I'm confident that my girl's gonna succeed yeah and if she doesn't i'm gonna love her but like i've done like i i'm not gonna be afraid to release her to the world or whatever saying you want because i want to do my best to raise her before that right same with weston and um and charlie coming right like just like i i don't want i don't want to feel afraid of that their adulthood i want to feel confident because i did the work mm-hmm. um and I, I did what i needed to do for them 